You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? You are back on the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I'm joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb. Caleb, we just watched the Kansas City Chiefs put a full beat down on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, how are you doing today? Well, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so pretty much all day today I've just been sitting around and people are like almost surprised to hear that the Chiefs came out and beat the Ravens that bad. Really? Was it any surprise that a team that's won now 12 straight regular season games came out and whooped up on a team like the Ravens that had severe deficiencies in their game that even though they looked good in their first couple of games of the season, there were still things that popped out on tape that they didn't do. And guess what? Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes completely exploited them. They completely exposed them. And, oh, yeah, big shout-out to the Chiefs defense because all week we heard about how they were just going to get run all over. That was far from the case last night. It really was far from the case. It was an absolute dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Um, I guess I'll start with being saying that I was one of the people that was surprised, but now you got to take that with a grain of salt because I'm a pessimist at heart. So I always think that the worst things are going to happen. And sometimes I can't get past those because I I was, I was scared last night and then that first drive happened and we held them to a field goal. And I was like, all right, that that's, that's a massive win for the chiefs defense. And then as soon as that offense came out, they run a reverse with Tyreek on the first play. I was like, here we go. It, It is go time. The, the Chiefs are ready to roll. Andy Reid is ready to roll. And really what I want to start with is Patrick Mahomes because I, I can't I can't get over – I just can't get over how good he is. It's just – it blows my mind to watch him every single game and what he does and he's able to pull off. This was a Ravens defense that was tops in the league coming in. Everybody talked about how good they were. Um, you know, their exotic blitzing schemes. They play a ton of man coverage. They got good corners to be able to do those schemes. And, and Mahomes just went out there and just just shredded him. Like you you can't blitz him, you can't do anything against him. He was he was as good as I've ever seen him play. Um, his EPA showed that. If you're into that thing, his ex- expected points added. It was the highest performance he's ever had. But he he was absolutely magical last night. Last night, it was so just unbelievable to sit there and for three years now, three straight seasons, the Ravens have literally run the exact same game plan against the Chiefs for three years in a row. You're going to do that to a coach like Andy Reid and a quarterback with the IQ that Patrick Mahomes has? Guys, good luck. You can walk as many people as you want up. The Chiefs got as many hot reads. They got as many looks with backs out of the backfields, checkdowns. They got all that stuff figured out. And I thought one of the plays that I found most interesting was Andy Reid and Mahomes know Marcus Peters is a very aggressive player whenever they're in their zone defense, and they took advantage of that with that deep ball to Hardman. They had Hardman with a big mismatch on that safety, but when Peters kind of came over to look like he maybe wanted to jump that crossing pattern with Hill, Hardman was able to just fly up the field with his elite speed, and Mahomes just put it right on the money. 
while at the same time, a free rusher was coming off the edge and Mahomes knew he was going to take a lick. That's elite level play. I mean, how many times is, is Baltimore going to just let this stuff happen? I have no idea. It really is crazy that they think they could just come in here with the same game plan that's lost them the, the two previous times that they've played and try to do the same exact thing. And it, when you touched on that play to McCole Harbin, that touchdown, if you did um, read my best and worst matchups article this week on Arrowhead Live, that is one of the things that I literally almost typed up word for word about what was going to happen. I said that... Marcus Peters is a very good talent, but he's tends to be a little lazy with his eye discipline. He's very aggressive. He tries to jump routes, especially in zone. And I thought I said that I think he might be playing too far off of Tyree kill. So they might get him with a double move with McColl Hardman. And sure enough, you run a little out and up there um, to McColl and, and it's another long touchdown in the books for him. And then kind of the other matchup, we'll talk about that I touched on there was Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the Pat Elaire in the passing game um, against those linebackers. And you saw it with the sale concept where, um, you know, he's running that corner route out of the backfield with Patrick queen lined up on him, and Mahomes just, you know, throws a beautiful rainbow pass to the sideline, gets him. You saw um, Elaire motioning out and getting the empty packages, which I said, I wanted to see him do a little bit more. And I think he was targeted six or seven times in that game. So, they really thought that they had a matchup there and they definitely exploited it. And I, I think that we were just kind of talking before we started recording here and it was almost like Andy Reed took these first two regular season games against the Texans and against the chargers and treated them like preseason games. It was super vanilla. We said that going in that we have not seen the game plans that we're going to see from the chiefs in, in these big matchups. And then when they get to Baltimore, he just unleashed absolute hell upon them. Yeah, they had no real answer. Back to McCall Hardman real quick. I do remember in last week's show, I think specifically, I remember saying after I saw Hardman catch that one ball and then get up and run maybe 20 more yards very effortlessly, very quickly, we have to find a way to get his speed on the field. Because I know we have the cheetah, I know we have Tyreek Hill, but that combination of Hill and Hardman is so much more lethal than I think a lot of people realize just due to the fact that it hurts the defense so much knowing that it could literally be a big play at any second, that boom kind of play. And they've been waiting for it all night and they pulled it off. Um, and then you just kind of go and look back to Clyde edwards Hilaire night. He had about 134 all-purpose yards which is about where we expect him to be. You know, some days he's not always going to rush for 100. He rushed for 63, caught for 70. Um, he tracked that rainbow pass like he played wide receiver. That was completely outstanding. He looked good in the early screen games. He was breaking tackles. And they were really just working that matchup, you know, out of those four wide receiver sets, putting him in space on linebackers. There were a few times where he had some good zone runs. But you look at a guy like Clyde, I think through three games now, he has something like 340 all-purpose yards between three games. So he's already looking like he's going to turn into one of the most productive backs in the NFL, something we've been theorizing on here for a while, whether it be his ability to run the ball in the box and with his contact balance, or as we've seen, his very, very sure hands out of the backfield. That was one matchup I really liked tonight. 
what I thought was the biggest matchup where I thought the Chiefs really beat them, Rick really physically beat them, was on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line for the Chiefs played absolutely outstanding last night. Chris Jones and Frank Clark were in the backfield. They had a plan to stop the zone reads. They had a plan to stop the RPOs. And a lot of that started with that disruption up front from the big boys on the defensive line. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Mike Pennell back in there too, um, getting some run along the defensive front. But that was something that I think was one of the the scariest matchups for me. Really, was was the front uh, and kind of on both sides. Um, but I think both sides of the line for the Chiefs absolutely dominated their battles. I mean, you show you saw all the exotic type blitzes that the Ravens were running, and they the offensive line for the Chiefs handled it absolutely beautifully. Mahomes was out there making sure that they were in the right protection, and the O-line was executing it. And then, like you said, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, what performance for, for a team like the Baltimore Ravens to come in there, and they really, they really did nothing. They really got nothing offensively. I mean, they had, you know, Lamar is going to get his big runs. He's just, he's going to get a few of them. But did in, in the grand scheme of things, did it really hurt the Chiefs? Not really, and I think that's one of the things when you look at the NFL is it, it always comes down to matchups. And Lamar said at the end of the, the game that the Chiefs are really the kryptonite of the Ravens, and I, I kind of think that that's true in the sense that they're just a terrible matchup. Rushing the ball is generally not an efficient way to score in the NFL. Generally, the, the big offenses are the teams that are leading in, in passing, and they pass a lot, and they pass early. Um, and especially with the Chiefs, if you can't score touchdowns in an efficient manner, you're you're behind the eight ball. Um, so if you really, if you can't score early and often, and like the Ravens just aren't built to play from behind with the way that they're set up, they don't have elite receivers on the outside. Their their main targets are are the tight ends and Mark Andrews and stuff like that. And the Chiefs did a great job um, of holding him really in check. Now he dropped one touchdown pass, but I thought he got away with a little bit of a push off there, but. And they really held him in check. They did a nice job. Tyron Matthews is a guy who he might have not shown up in like the overall stat book, but I thought he had one of his best games of the year, which is saying something because he's played tremendously so far this year. Yeah, he's played absolutely outstanding. That entire safety unit between Matthew and Thornhill and Sorensen, those guys were the difference makers on defense. You know, the all 22 hasn't come out yet, so we really haven't been able to take a look at that, what those kinds of matchups look like. But I have a feeling, based on what I've seen from just re-watching the regular broadcast, the reason the Chiefs felt confident enough to put five defensive linemen in the box at times to help stop the run was because they knew that they had those guys that could play well in man-to-man coverage and be able to defend the quick passes that Lamar Jackson is really become good at throwing you know he's not going to be a deep ball thrower like Patrick but he we've seen him in the past couple of weeks become really efficient at throwing the slants to Andrews those slants to checkdowns, and then hitting Hollywood Brown um the Chiefs cornerback play all night I thought was fantastic as well um losing Legereus Sneed is going to be a big blow but when he was in the game you could tell the impact that he made Charverius Ward played well he was hurt and I thought Rashad Fenton came back after he struggled a couple of times last week, and he had a couple of big hits. He had a couple of nice plays. Tedrick Thompson surprised me. He had some big plays over the middle. They were sitting back and waiting for those slants over the middle because they knew that's what Baltimore is going to want to do. Baltimore's on third down throwing these passes. Three Lamar's throwing them three or four yards short to the sticks, 
And that's literally, that's when the Chiefs defense knew, okay, it's time to go tee off on somebody and let them know. But I thought the secondary overall played a good game. I thought the linebackers looked improved this week also. But it all starts up front, and the Chiefs defensive line beat up on a really good Baltimore offensive line. And then, like, we go back to the other side of the ball. The Chiefs offensive line didn't give up a sack last night after a week ago. People were convinced that they were all terrible against the Chargers. Yeah, they're definitely not terrible. <laughs> That's, I think they showed that. Um, they, the Going back to the Jerry Sneed thing, I just want to update. We still haven't heard any official word on his injury yet, so we're kind of awaiting that. Um, if you follow Pro Football Doc on Twitter, it's Dr. Chow there. He always gives kind of um, his take from the film, and he was a longtime um, doctor in the NFL for the Chargers or whatever. Uh, he said that the worry from the film it looked like could could be an SC joint, which was the same thing that Tyreek Hill injured last year, if you remember. But he didn't think by the way that he fell that it would be as extreme or as bad as Hill injury. Now, obviously, that's just speculation. That's just him seeing a video. So, you know, it's not official word or anything like that. But, you know, fingers crossed that it's not um, like a broken collarbone or it's not anything like that that's going to have him missing significant time because – um, he has been playing absolutely outstanding, especially, you know, for a rookie kind of getting thrown in there and, and learning as you go. Um, he's been, he's been tre- tremendous. And, and the other thing that I think has been really tremendous is um, Steve Spagnola on the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned there how he was mixing it up with a little bit of a bare front and getting, you know, extra lime in there. And they also played um, four safeties more than they, have the entire season and I think more than just about anybody has the entire season which goes to show you just the different schemes that they are putting out there and the stuff that they're doing Tedrick Thompson looked absolutely fantastic in his his limited snaps last night um they showed Matt Bowen Matt Bowen on Twitter broke it down to play where they were they're running the crosser out there to to Marquise Brown on a, on third and five, I believe it was, and he cut the he cut the underneath route and just came in. He's he just blasted him. So um, nice to see him making contributions, obviously. And like I said, Spagnola though, like what what an incredible job. And I think it's funny too because if you listened to Bill Belichick's um, presser at all today, uh, he said he kind of touched on that that. You know, the Chiefs, while their offensive scheme does the same thing, but he says their defensive scheme is very complex. They have veteran players that know what they're doing out there, and they're going to throw a ton at you. They're going to throw zone pressures, man pressures, um, all the different type of stuff that's really difficult for offenses to plan with, you know, plan for, especially if you're able to execute them at a high level with some of the players that they had. You know, and going back to a guy that the Chiefs gave their big extension to in the offseason, Chris Jones, um, what what a performance. I mean, he was absolutely dominant last night. Chris Jones and Frank Clark were completely just beating those guys. I mean, Baltimore has an all-pro left tackle in Ronnie Stanley, and there were times last night when Frank Clark was getting past him like it was easy. I don't know if there's a lot of Chiefs fans that realize this, but later in the season, when the Chiefs start going against some teams that aren't quite as good at protecting their passer, um, we could see some multiple set games from these guys. But to have Bill Belichick come down and actually compliment the complexity 
of the Chiefs defense. That's got to be one of the biggest compliments of all time because, as I think most people know that follow football, the Patriots literally do something different on defense every week. Bill Belichick's probably the greatest defensive mind to ever coach in football, at least in modern football, that we've seen recently. So that's a huge compliment to Spagnola and the staff. Chris Jones looks like he could be having a defensive player of the year type season right now, and it's it's crazy to see. It sounds quiet. He's quietly doing that. We saw him completely dominate the run last week by himself against the Chargers and what got overlooked because overall it was just a poor defensive day for the Chiefs. We saw in week one him and Frank Clark take away big parts of the Texans' passing offense by them being able to apply consistent pressure on Deshaun Watson. And now this week we see them and Derek Nottie, Mike Pinnell, and Tershawn Wharton and also throw in some Mike Dana, Ty, and Taco Charlton, and Passanio in those mix as well. We saw those guys stuff the run lanes from the A-gap to the C-gap on either side. They were playing those lanes well in the run. But then we saw a couple of times on those passes where they're getting back here and making Lamar uncomfortable or making him roll out and have to do things he's not comfortable with doing. I thought the Chiefs gave Lamar some pretty good looks last night. I think they really were mixing up what they were doing well. And I think that, honestly, though, I'll get back to that. I do think that the Chiefs' best defense is a good offense. I've said this for a little bit now, but I think that having Mahomes back there at the quarterback spot where we had him at this week, you know, we saw him kind of have the handcuffs on a little bit, and he wasn't quite ready to give him the, the keys to the car And we saw Mahomes come out and he delivered a classic vintage Mahomes moment. And then we go off on the sideline and as he's running off, he's counting one, two, three, four. And people are thinking, well, that's just because he threw his fourth touchdown pass of the night to his left tackle, Eric Fisher. Um, I think that I think it's starting to be realized that there is a reason he was doing that. It's because they voted him the fourth best player in the NFL And he's got that thing, like you say, like a Michael Jordan type mentality when he makes it personal. And that's what he did last night. And I think that's what the Chiefs did last night in general. If you look back or if you want to go back and listen to this show, this podcast, after the NFL 100 list aired and Patrick Mahomes was listed number four, check his tweet. And all he put was like the pencil in the notebook thing. We went on this show and I said, I said, don't get it mixed up. Patrick Mahomes might be a super nice guy off the field, but when it comes to the NFL and he steps between the lines, that dude is a killer. He's a killer. He is, he is, and Matt Miller tweeted out the same thing. He's Michael Jordan. He will find any way possible for people to slight him. He uses it as motivation and then he goes out and he just tears them apart. And he, he is proven it. it consistently in his first few years of playing in the NFL. And it's so remarkable to watch. And it's so he does it and it's, he does it with such like grace, I guess to to put it, because it's not like he's out there running his mouth and putting things on Twitter and doing all this stuff. And it's always just very subtle, like, you know, counting on hands, how many people were drafted in front of him, counting on his hand, how many people were in front of him in the NFL network list. Like, I don't forget that. I don't forget that. And it's, it's just amazing that everybody out and 
all the picks. Everybody was doubting him once again, so I'm sure he used that as motivation as well. But it it, it is it's amazing to watch. He he's just he's just absolutely incredible. Um, I, I rave about it all the time and I'm sure people are sick of my friends are probably sick of me hearing it. And my family's probably sick of me hearing it, them hearing it, but I, I can't get over how good he is and how much of a competitor he is. And it's, it's amazing to have him actually on the, on the chiefs, um, <laughs> on our side. Um, but yeah, so there's my, my Patrick Mahomes is, is a killer rant, but so kind of <laughs> a couple other things I want to go back to that you talked about along the defensive front is that when you really when you look at and you try to single out like all right this guy he was he played the best along the front you you really can't do it because you can think of specific instances where you talked about taco charlton and you talked about mike dana and you talked about chris jones and frank clark and all these guys making making plays Derek naughty and mike pinnell in the run game um all these guys are contributing and i think that somebody and i was thinking about this today because I was obviously thinking about how good Spagnuolo has been, but somebody that's um, not really talked about a ton that we kind of talked about in the preseason was, was Coach Daly along that defensive front. Like, what kind of job has he obviously done um, to put all these guys – like, think about the rotation they have. They can play so many guys along the front at this point that they're so deep and they put them in such a good spot. And Spagnuolo uses this, their strength so good. Like, Taco Charlton was a throwaway, basically, for everybody. And now the guy's coming in and getting pressures and sacks every single week for the Chiefs. It, yeah, he came in and made an instant impact on the game. But back to Coach Daly. I have a hunch on something because on Chris Jones' two sacks tonight, they were actually, or last night, pardon me, they were both off of a tackle end stunt, which for those of you guys who are unfamiliar with that terminology, it's usually when you have a three technique and a five technique. So someone lined up just on the outside shoulder of the guard, someone in a defensive end lined up just on the outside of the tackle. The tackle end is where the Chiefs were basically having Jones go in and blow up the tackle's inside shoulder, which creates separation from the guard while allowing the defensive end to loop back inside and put pressure on. On the strip sack that Neiman recovered, Chris Jones just blew in there so quick. There wasn't even even there, it wasn't even time for to have a stunt. He got there before Dana could even loop around and got the ball out of Jackson's hands. The Ravens haven't had it to have a tell on or something because Jones got free on that play not once but twice. Actually, Clark on the first time, he's the one that applied the initial pressure. It looked like he got him down. They didn't blow the whistle. So be it. It's okay. The Chiefs ended up living, and Chris Jones got another forced fumble out of it. The Ravens had a tell, and one of the things that I thought was just baffling to me as I'm sitting here watching the replay, mind you, this is no all 22. I want to really, I really want to go back and look at this later on. But the Ravens, for whatever reason, I think they're not they slide their slide protection. I don't know if it's Lamar just not picking up on it or not, or I don't know if it's just their team in general, but which way they slide their offensive line. When I say slide, which way do they send their three-man protection versus their man-to-man protection to try to stop the Chiefs' four-man front? Are they sliding their center and right guard and right tackle, or are they sliding their center, left guard, and left tackle? The Ravens are really confident in their tackle and Ronnie Stanley to be able to win one-on-one blocks. But the problem with that is, is he usually is able to go against a defensive end who he's bigger than. Chris Jones is just as big, and if not 
longer and more athletic than Ronnie Stanley is. And when he was coming in there, he was really giving him problems on those inside moves off the stunts. They just didn't have a way to pick it up. So there was some sort of tell on, but on that first sack, I have no idea what is going through the Baltimore. First off, I don't know what Greg Roman is thinking, telling Lamar what what's going on in their game plan. You see Chris Jones and Frank Clark lined up on the same side, and you're going to leave a man-to-man protection on? That's a, just a recipe for disaster right there. Um, There's some sort of a tell on last night, but the Chiefs had that stuff going. They had their hot reads all messed up. Lamar had no idea where he was going. He looked confused on a few of the Chiefs' blitzes, and – as we saw later in the game, Frank Clark was once again the closer coming in to put the Ravens in a nearly impossible fourth and 25 situation when the Chiefs were looking to go out and close the game. But overall, an outstanding performance from those guys. Yeah, you see, um, and they even pointed it out last night too on the broadcast that it got to the point where Lamar wasn't even looking downfield. He was just dropping his head and looking to, to bail because he just, he was unsure of where the pressure was coming from. They couldn't get the protections right, you know, and that's something that I think is such a huge difference that separates Mahomes from a Lamar Jackson um, that, you know, those two guys are just constantly compared because they're the two young guys, two MVPs, but that's the biggest difference is that when, when you watch the difference in that game, watch the all out pressures and watch Mahomes compared to, to Lamar. Mahomes is at the line of scrimmage and he's, you can hear it sometimes on the broadcast even of him saying, uh, you know, Hey, check 58, check 58. He's, he's the mic to telling the lineman, Hey, we're sliding over here. Cause I know they're coming. Whereas otherwise you look at Lamar, he's got no clue. And then Pat, he's Patrick, I should say, because his mom pointed out she doesn't like that when you call him Pat. Um, if you watch the broadcast last night, but and then he sees the blitz and then he just gets rid of the ball and they just, the defense had no chance. Like last night against the blitz, he was like 12 of 15 or something like that or something insane. So it, it's, it's a, it's a drastic difference. I think um, when you look at those two quarterbacks, if you're comparing them and I think it's really what separates him from a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And he doesn't, he doesn't get the credit that it, it, he deserves for being as smart as he is um, because his athletic abilities are so, outrageous and you can see the athletic abilities it's not it's not easy for all of us because we're not in the meetings and stuff you can get the basic gist of stuff but and and tell how smart he is um but we don't really get to sit in the meetings and listen to him and stuff but you can tell it just he's so calm and it's why and i i was saying this in our slack chat last night for arrowhead live is when the game is critical like when they get down or when they're up that one touchdown and you could feel the momentum um changing because of the Darwin fumble and we'll come back to you. I know you got thoughts on that, Caleb. Um, it, it was just put the ball in, in Mahomes' hands because he's going to make the right decisions 99% of the time for you. It was the third and five. They have a man blitz and Mahomes just gets it and he just runs for a first down along the right edge. You know, he just he knew there was going to be nobody there. All the defenders turned the backs because it was man coverage, just easy pickings. Then it's, you know, it's third and third and nine and the pockets collapsing on him and he jump throws a pass to Tyreek Hill over the middle. Like, are you freaking kidding me? The guy is unbelievable. But back to the Darwin Thompson fumble, we kind of talked about but when they were coming up to make the cuts. I thought that Darwin Thompson could have been the odd man out. Um, obviously, they got a little bit of a lean for him because they drafted him and he has special teams experience. And I think that's what got gave him the edge over a DeAndre Washington, for example. But 
he has not played well, and last night he cost them two major plays. Yeah, and it's funny to say this because the Chiefs went out and they dominated the whole game, but it's almost funny to say that it shouldn't have even been as close as it the score appeared it looked. It should have been closer to 40-10 to 10 rather than 34-20, to 20, what it ended up being. And some of that was special teams, but that first drive out of the half, Mahomes is throwing lob passes 20 yards downfield to our 5'8 running back. Travis Kelsey is running through people. Um, Sammy Watkins played another outstanding game just because they simply don't have enough bodies to stop what the Chiefs had. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, again, carrying the ball well. And for whatever reason, instead of putting Daryl Williams, and I get it, Andy Reid likes to get his young guys as many looks as possible in situations like that. But that current point in the game, it was 27 to 10. One more touchdown and the game is over. It's going to be a 24-point lead. The Baltimore Ravens have absolutely no way to come back from that other than just what a complete collapse. And Darwin Thompson goes into the game and fumbles on the goal line. And one of the things I find really frustrating about that fumble was it was a good run, but as was highlighted, it kind of led to the comeback of the Baltimore Ravens. It made it closer than it had to be. I know the Chiefs, have, we've seen them in the past completely finish people and demoralize teams in the second or third quarter and even the fourth quarter sometimes. What really upset me about that, though, is they had a chance to go in. That, that was the game right there. They had a chance to go in there and end it. If they score that drive, a touchdown, if they score even a field goal, I don't think Baltimore's coming back at all. I really don't think they would have had even a chance of even making it a one-possession game, which they did. I just don't – there's just no way they could have possibly done that. And you could say, oh, well, it could have happened. It could have happened. Being down 24 to the Chiefs and you're a team like Baltimore that has to run the ball and kill clock to be able to move the ball, that would have been a death blow. And what's really frustrating about that is I can put up with a lot of things – but fumbling the ball, especially as you're headed into the red zone to put a team away, is just not good. Turnovers in football are the single biggest transitions of momentum. Turnovers in special teams. I tweeted that out last night because while that fumble really hurt the Chiefs and led to the Ravens being able to come back, what kept it close was the fact that for whatever unconceivable reason, the, um, the Chiefs were pooch kicking early in the game and they let one get loose and Duvernay, um, he runs it all the way back for a touchdown and gives them life. And then Butker missed a field goal and Butker missed another extra point, which is really weird for him, especially coming off of such a dominant performance last week. That might just be more of a mental thing, more of a staying ready type thing. I'm not quite sure what that is with him but those are ways teams lose games those are things they're going to have to clean up because last year Darwin clearly was taking notes from LaShawn McCoy because those fumbles LaShawn McCoy had last year just put the Chiefs in such horrible positions and for a team like Kansas City that is going to need to rely on their offense to score 35 points or so a game to win it's really frustrating to see those kinds of things the special teams and the turnovers are what lose to football games. 
and they're going to have to be worked out because coming up this week against the New England Patriots, the Patriots are the exact kind of team that would just love to beat the Chiefs off of winning winning off of a special teams play or winning off of getting more turnovers than the Chiefs can have. Thankfully, the Chiefs were able to turn the ball over on the Ravens a time also, so they tied the turnover takeaway. But, yeah, that, those are just ways that you lose football games. You really could feel the whole outlook of the game change once that fumble happened. It just, it just gave the Ravens life, and they had a chance to just absolutely step on their throats, put the nail in the coffin, whatever cliche phrase you want to use. They could have put it away right there. So, And, and I'll tell you one thing. I don't think you saw him the rest of the game, and I, I think Eric Bieniemy, being a, an old running back in the NFL, he ain't going to stand for that. <laughs> so he Darwin's got to figure it out quickly. Definitely a rough showing for him. Um, he's young, so hopefully he figures it out. And if not, I'm sure that they will find somebody that will. Um, let's just talk a little bit quickly about the Patriots um, with their upcoming matchup here. They they just beat the Raiders, and they beat them pretty handily. Um you know, the Raiders are banged up. They have played well offensively, the Raiders have, but their defense stinks. And one thing you'll know with Bill Belichick is he is going to adapt. Like we talked about early earlier with his defensive scheme, he's going to take away your best players and he's going to make you try to find ways to beat you make you beat them other ways than your best players. And that's what they did. Darren Waller, I think had one target against them and he's clearly the Raiders best passing target. Now it makes it a little easier if you're Kansas city chiefs and you have a Travis Kelsey, a Tyree kill, Sammy McColl, Demarcus Robinson. You have all these guys where I don't think the Raiders quite have those guys. You know, they have two rookies on the outside that are banged up, but the chiefs are, are a seven point favorite in this game. Um, which I was pretty surprised about when I first saw that opening line. But it's something where I'm going to be super interested to see the the, the Belichick defense versus the Andy Reid offense. A, I think that he is going to take more away from a team like the San, or yeah, the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, um, who have given the Chiefs fits. And it's if you look at what the Chargers do defensively that gives the Chiefs fits, They play cover three and they get after you with their front four. So they don't have to send under extra guys. They try to keep everything in front and they make you make throws. Well, and and the other thing that they were doing in the, in the chiefs matchup when the chiefs went three by one, which they do a ton, probably more than any other team in the NFL is they were putting that backside safety and they're plopping him right in the, right in that hole on the opposite side of the three receivers, because they know, that the Chiefs run so many deep crosses and so many deep over routes, um, and that it gives it was giving the Chiefs literal fits, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what that matchup is. You know, the Chiefs are going to have to be ready again, run game wise. It's what the Patriots really want to do with Cam and in the, the fifteen running backs that I feel like that they roll out every single week. Um, you know match up against Edelman and, and be stout against the run and they should be favored. I think they're the better football team and they should be able to win this, but it is the Patriots. I think everybody counted them out before the year and they're, they're realizing, ah, crap, maybe Bill Belichick is a pretty good coach and knows what he's talking about. And make no mistake, the new England Patriots right now, we could be talking about two, three and O teams getting ready to square it up because those guys could easily just as well as the chiefs be in the conversation for the best team in the AFC at this point in the season, they are close, so close to being undefeated right now. It was a goal line stand from Seattle. 
But while we know that Bill Belichick is going to watch tape and see what the Chargers did, I think the Chiefs would be absolutely crazy not to look at what the Seahawks did, specifically how Russell Wilson, a very Mahomes-like player, two guys that are pretty similar in how they like to play the game of football, I think that Patrick's probably going to be watching some tape from Russell Wilson, who played a really good game despite a pick six. But um, we're, the Patriots, I mean, they're going to come out and be well coached. They have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Where I think they'll differ from the Chargers is the Patriots' pass rush right now does not look quite like what it's been. They're relying on their linebacker play and secondary play more than ever before because they lost Kyle Van Noy. And he was kind of their guy up front. He was kind of their pass rusher. They like to get him going. They run a 3-4 defense up front most on most downs. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of try to do what the Chargers did. Because, you know, the Chargers are a 4-3 defense. And they have those two dominant defensive ends. I think it'll be interesting to see where this pressure comes from. But in the last few years when the Chiefs have played, an Andy Reid Chiefs team has played the Patriots, not including last season, there's been a position that Bill Belichick has really struggled to stop, and that's been running backs. I don't know if how many of you guys remember back to some of those uh, early Andy Reid Chiefs-Patriots matchups, but there was a couple of those times when I remember on the Monday night football game, uh, Jamal Charles had just a giant evening running and catching the ball. Um, we all remember 2017 with Kareem Hunt going out and absolutely lighting the Patriots up, catching and running the ball on opening night. And then he did the same thing again in 2018. And then 2018, we have to have Damian Williams in the game. They not as dynamic by any stretch of the imagination as Hunt was, and the Chiefs struggled in that first half. Last year, the game versus the Patriots was a struggle. It was a grinded-out game all the way just because even though Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, Bill Belichick is the best defensive coach the league has probably ever seen because he just knows how to mix coverages, mix man, mix zone, mix that cover three and different kinds of quarter defenses and things like that. But what can really mess with that when they're so concerned about stopping these big plays and this explosion, it's going to come down to can Clyde Edwards Hilaire come in and do what they drafted him to do this week, come in and catch the ball well and run the ball well. I'd be looking for that little uh, wheel route. We saw Kareem Hunt run a few times against the Patriots this week. I think that Andy's going to try to find a way to scheme it open. This week's also going to come down to once again, I don't think the Chiefs' game plan changes much defensively this week. I think that to stop them, they're going to have to stop Cam Newton and they're going to have to stop the running game because the Patriots, they're more old school now than they ever were before. They're running veer plays with Cam Newton as their quarterback. They're just trying to grind it out and slug it out and beat people up because they don't have that elite talent at wide receiver or tight end. And Cam Newton's played well. Um, Steve Spagnuolo is going to probably have to craft another good game plan, but the core foundation that the Chiefs defensive line can just create pressure and mismatches and plug up these run lanes keeps me confident that this week headed into New England that they will find a way to stop the Patriots running game much like they stopped the Baltimore's running game last night. 
let's see if Willie Gay gets more on too. He had he got a few snaps um in the in the matchup against the Ravens, and I think he isn't quite there yet. But I think he's coming along because the first few reps that he took, we saw him in live action. He was bouncing around looking like a lost puppy. But I think he's starting to figure things out a little bit more. So hopefully he's out there again and he's getting more acclimated to it. And, you know, Cam and, Cam and Lamar are different. Cam's a good runner. Um, he's big and physical like that. But he's not Lamar where he's like he turns the corner and could score on you in like a flash. Um, so there is a there is a big difference there. But it, it will be interesting to see if if – the, the, like you said, I think the Patriots are going to want to mud it up, slow it down, slug it out, try to maybe make a play on special teams. We've seen the Patriots block a lot of punts in the past, um, and it's something the Chiefs have struggled with. They've had a few punts blocked in the last couple of years here, you know, notably right in the, right in the playoff game against the Texans, they had one block. So it's going to be something that they're, they're going to have to have all facets of the game going. You can't afford to turn it over. Don't let the Patriots um, mud and slow the game down. Stop them, force Cam to make throws. Um, get pressure on them and uh, come out with another another W. I think I think it's a very possible, and I think it's it should happen. Um, but like you said, you never really can count Belichick out. He's too good of a coach. He'll have he'll have a game plan. He'll be ready. Um, but we have uh, we have Patrick Mahomes, so I like I like our chances. Um, right, but real quick, Caleb, before we get out of here, you got any thoughts on on the kind of the COVID outbreak here in the Titans um, locker room? It, it's something where they've had. I think it's nine, eight or nine players test positive. Um, they, the Vikings who they played have had nobody, which is good. They've already said that nobody in either facility can show up until Saturday. They're talking about potentially moving the game to a Monday night to give the teams more time to prepare. Is this just going to be the new normal? Or do you think this is just kind of one case of bad luck? Well, I certainly think that we're going to see some things like this throughout the course of the season. Um, we're going to hope that everybody in the Titans organization is okay, first off, you know, because it's a scary thing. You know, it's still relatively new, and, you know, we've had some rise in the increase of numbers in the past. But for other teams, I think this is going to make them hyper more, even more hyper vigilant that, yeah, even though we're sitting here playing football, there's still a global pandemic going on that's really affecting normal way people live their lives. So I think it's going to make teams more hyperactive around that. But I do absolutely think this could be something we see throughout the course of the season. I really think how the league handles this situation will be the most important part of how they go forward because we saw how poorly baseball handled their first outbreak and they essentially were about to shut the whole league down because of one outbreak of the St. Louis Cardinals and Miami Marlins. I think it's positive right now that no one in the Minnesota facilities has had any sort of symptoms. I think that's very good because for all we know, the Titans could have, the player for the Titans could have contracted the, or the players who contracted or the personnel members, they could have easily contracted it after the game yesterday which we're hoping that's the case because if not, I could see potentially some signs starting to show up in these other, in the Vikings. It's incredibly likely. I mean, those guys were all there, but I, they need to be able to be as accurate on this testing as possible. And if Monday's night's not enough time that they're going to have to rework the schedule or flip some things around, this is stuff we expected to see though. 
But if it's Monday night and Roger Goodell wants them to play, then I think we're going to see, much like we've talked about this summer, when all these plans and contingencies and protocols were put into place, we're going to see some guys no one has ever heard of before. We're going to see some practice squad guys. We might even see some guys get signed off the street. Some guys who we're not familiar with on that end of the spectrum are probably going to get a chance to play significant roles. Um, Obviously, right now, I don't think they've released who it is. I know they've said three players tested positive and the five others were staffers. But not being able to go in, I mean, it's Monday and they won't be able to return till Saturday. I just think that that could almost be just too not enough time to be able to prepare for a team like the Steelers. And if they have to move the game to Monday night, so be it. I think their best course of action would be to postpone it for a later date or maybe later in the season, save it for that last week of the year when refine something or save it for later in the year, come up with a plan or maybe just give all the playoff teams a bye week to be able to get that in. Hopefully we're going to want it all to turn out, but I think the league has to prepare for the absolute worst. That'll be something I think we all have to keep an eye on as the week progresses though. What are your thoughts on that though? Well, first um, Adam Schefter actually just tweeted out the the players that um, have been affected by it. So it's Daquan Jones, the defensive tackle, uh, the long snapper, Bo Brinkley, and tight end Tommy Hudson. Um, so they were just placed on the reserve COVID list. Uh, it's I think that the best thing that you said there was that the rest of the league is probably going to now be on alert. They're going to be hyper vigilant. I think that if you are a team like the Kansas City Chiefs that has Super Bowl aspirations, then you need to, as a team and as an organization, take this stuff seriously. You can't be putting yourself at risk, the team at risk, um, the season at risk, and the rest of the league. You got to hope is doing the same thing. I mean, you don't want to have the season canceled because we can't. You know, you can't get this under control now. It's obviously something that you. Th- I think that, like you said, we all expected to kind of happen. Unfortunately, um, you know, hopefully, all those guys, all those players, and all the personnel and staff. Um, have a good recovery and they're not serious symptoms and, and they're healthy from it. Um, but you know, when you look at the picture of, of football and having the season continue, I think they're going to, they're going to find a way to make it happen. They're going to find a way to play. I wonder if they even would look at like a Tuesday night or something like that, where it gives them an extra day to prepare. And then, you know, it's still more time than like a normal, like, you know, I guess it's not great, but it's, a little less time than a Monday night game. I don't know. I would be interested to see. I, I think that they'll be able to figure it out, but hopefully these teams see this and they have, you know, a plan in place and they're hypervigilant. Like you said, I think that's a good word is hypervigilant or is it two words or hyphenated? I don't know. I'm not an English major, um, but I like it. And I think that's what the rest of the league needs to do um, is be hypervigilant from the way out. All right, I think that's it. That's a good show, man. Why don't you tell everybody what you're working on and where they can find you? Well, guys, I started working on some just initial film review type stuff today. The All-22 for the Monday night game won't be out till tomorrow, so I'm really going to try to hammer it home then. But for now, I've just been uh, hanging out. I rewatched the game. I put a couple of clips up on Twitter I clipped the uh, first Chris Jones sack off of that uh, nice stunt move they ran. I clipped a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run where he just, the offensive line dominated. They ran 
Kelly or they ran a hill on a motion out of the backfield and it just completely messed the defense up and Clyde got like 18 and then the uh, Mahomes to Hill touchdown. So you guys can find me at CJ Scoobs on Twitter. I'm going to try to have an offensive and defensive film review up this week. I might be a little bit pressed for time, so they might not be as long as some of the ones I do in the past. You can always find the GMKC out on Friday mornings. I'm going to turn it back over to Justin. He's going to tell you all about what he's been working on. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter, jdiz1617. I'll have the Power Rankings Digest coming out um, tomorrow where I'll go through the NFL Power Rankings like I do every week. Um, No spoiler here, but the Chiefs are going to stay as the best team in the NFL on that list. Um, And I'll be working some other stuff. I might do some best and worst matchups again for the Patriots game here coming up so be be sure to look out you know in that Ravens matchup that we just talked about I hit on the Clyde Edwards Hilaire matchup being a good one and um, the double move with with Hardman against Peters I know that one so definitely want to be a lookout on that one like Caleb said we're still waiting on that all 22 so hopefully that comes out soon so we can get on that and you know also if you're into like sports betting or DFS and season-long fantasy and stuff like that I also do another podcast uh, called Ballin' Over Beers. Um, it's new. We're going to be actually recording that one tonight, our second episode. And you can find that. It's called literally Ballin' Over Beers on a Border Fuel, Border Fuel Sports Media. So um, go check that one out, too, if you like what you find here. That one's pretty fun. Me and a couple buddies get to talk about all that kind of stuff. So, um, But Chiefs are 3-0. They look like the best team in the NFL. They look like the reigning Super Bowl champs. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, is going to let this team have a Super Bowl hangover. We got Patriots next week, so there's another big battle coming up. And uh, this is the Coach's Corner, guys. Thanks for being here, and we'll talk to you next time. To the Chiefs' kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!